0: Welcome to Falls on Love. I am Nicole, and today I have a special guest with me, um, and we are going to be discussing one of our favorites, um, someone that we affectionately refer to as The Blueprint. Yes, ma'am. Um, so uh, if you've listened to this show before, you've heard that voice before. Um, but just in case you haven't and you are new here, is one Ms. Christina C. Jones. Hello, friend. How are you today?
1: Hey. I'm trying to do my best
0: <laughs> I knew I that's what it. you were doing. And I really had to hold back my screen because I I wanted to <laughs> scream laugh on that, but I'm, I'm trying to be a professional. <laughs> she really hopped her ass on the track and said, hey. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we are going to be discussing uh, Air Jerome Dickey in specific, in specific, we are going to be discussing "Friends and Lovers" by Eric Jerome Dickey. So, how this came about? Um, I should probably give some background here. Is that I um, in July I will be turning five. I will be five years published. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So great, so amazing. Um, but I have been in a rut, like creatively, since shit like mid February, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so. I was like okay well I had this idea to like do this whole series of like me talking about some of the authors who I read when I was younger and low-key were like foundation or like some of their books were like the the catalyst for me actually even coming and doing what I do now and so last summer I was supposed to do this whole series and it was going to be great and then I didn't and so now that I'm in this rut well I'm not claiming that no more now that I am out of this rut hey i i still wanted to do the series though because i just thought that it would be um sort of like an interesting lead up to eventual celebration of myself because the world revolves around me um (laughs) and so uh i have tagged some friends and said hey do you want to come talk to me about some of like the seminal authors um who really were like the people that I cut my teeth on in this whole uh, romance area. And all of them were like, yes, absolutely. So shout out to my friends. Um, And I had to start with EJD, obviously. Like he probably would not have categorized himself as romance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that like publishing at large would have as well. However, um, it's in there it's all in there absolutely so so for the the sake of this um we are uh categorizing him as a black romance author uh simply because um like I said earlier he's the blueprint like I I don't remember actually the first EJB book that I read but I do remember the first one that made a deep impression on me um which is the one that we're going to be talking about today which is friends and lovers which happens to be my personal favorite um friend I do believe that we share that in common yes (laughs) okay um so yeah so let's get into it man so uh, I should probably do like a quick primer or like summary of the book
2: yeah yeah
0: I feel like I feel like I'm talking a lot um, I mean this is my podcast, I understand it, but it's supposed to be a conversation, nevertheless. So quick summary <laughs> and then we'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> we'll get into it. <laughs> um, so quick summary is that Friends and Lovers follows um like the parallels of these two couples who are um the two women in the relationships are best friends and the two men are best friends. It focuses more on one couple than the other but we also see like that couple's progression um throughout the book like the the main characters are shelby and tyrell um and then their friends Deborah and Leonard also end up uh, getting together and if I'm not mistaken I think Shelby and Tyrell like get to get together together after Deborah and Leonard were like already established. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so we're following like Shelby and Tyrell through the course of their relationship. Um, and it it ends on a happily for now. I, that's what how I would categorize it.
1: That's how I would yeah. categorize it. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because when I reread or we when I re-skimmed in preparation for this. I always remembered, and I, I guess we should warn people that this is going to be spoiler heavy, <laughs> oh, yeah. but I, I, I did not remember them getting back together in the end. Um, cause you know, they, t- Shelby and Tyrell, they're, they're together and then they break up and then, or I don't even know if I would categorize that as a breakup, Shelby dips. Um, <laughs> And then they end up back together in the end. And I did not remember that. Like I I did, I really did not remember that. Like I thought, I don't know if I was confusing it with another book or what, but something that just sticks out so much to me is how, how messy that relationship was, like how, how EJD was just not afraid to lean into like the ugliness. And I don't mean that in, I guess I don't mean it in, in as harsh of a way as the word implies, but Shelby was a mess. She was a hot
0: mess. She was a hot mess. So at at the risk of telling too much of my business, right? (laughs) (laughs) you know at a certain point in my life I may or may not have identified with Shelby in Mm -hmm. ways right Mm -hmm. I will not say that like I was just like oh girl yes I feel seen because I too am just as trash as you are however with some of the ways that she maneuvered in their relationship and like some of the choices that she made Mm -hmm. um not the big choice that she made right um but some of the other choices that she made in order to like be in like self-preservation mode I kind of got it right um I don't get it anymore like I'm just like like, (laughs) yeah (laughs) right so I, I reread this book ever so often so the first time I read it I was probably somewhere around 16, 17, yada, yada, yada. You were probably like eight because I'm that Excuse me. Than you. <laughs> 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 but no, like the first time I read it, I was like 16, 17, whatever. Um, and I was just like, oh, is this like what grown up relationships are like? Cause girl, I don't
2: mm-hmm. know. This is
0: so much like, <laughs> ooh, I don't know. And then like, I read it in my 20s. And that's when I was like, okay, girl, Shelby, like, I feel you. Um and then reading it in my early 30s versus my late 30s is like a complete like girl was, what n-
1: night and day, night and day. Because I like sis, really <laughs> like really uh, again, you
0: <sighs> I wanna ask you a question. Okay. Do you think Tyrell was a good guy? Tyrell
1: was a fuck boy. Um, well, let, let, let me reframe that. Uh, I think Tyrell was a very normal guy. Um, I think that, um, I think that rereading it in my 2021, uh, framing in my 2021, uh, mind state. You know what stood out to me, and I I promise I'm going to answer your question, but you know what stood out to me, how so much is the same. Mm -hmm. Like how so much of just kind of the male-female dynamic, uh, the same things that we complain about, the same things that we, you know, these big social media conversations and we have quote unquote relationship gurus telling us, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. Like this book is how old and he tackled like so much of the same stuff. Like Tyrell could be like, with the exception of like the very specific references to like the type of shoes and, you know, the type of cars and stuff like that. Tyrell could absolutely be a man in 2021, you know, like yeah, with the, and and I would not blink an eye at <laughs> like some of the ways that he maneuvered, some of the things that he said, some of the things that he did, like there's this moment, um, where I'm like, like to, it's towards the end. Um, it's when everybody is gathered, uh, at Deborah. well, not really towards the end. It's like in the back it's, it's in the last like section of the book everybody is okay. gathered at Deborah's and um you know Leonard has has passed and Shelby and Deborah are in the room asleep and he goes in to check on Deborah um and he he like touches Shelby while she's asleep um and he like gets into it um, <laughs> and I'm like, sir like, like, I get it, you know, you're in love with her, you miss her, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it was just a lot, you know, and especially in kind of a post hashtag me too world, um, which, you know, for that 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 whole thing didn't change much for me in terms of the way that I kind of like to approach consent and things in my work. But I was just like, oh, bro, oh, bro, Buddy, they would have hung you out to dry (laughs) on on that one. (laughs) Like, and it's like, it never struck me as weird though. Like, and like when I read it before, like, I don't think that that's something that would have even stood out to me. I would have even thought it was sweet. But in 2021, I'm like, did you stick your finger in her mouth? like yeah that's a lot that's a lot like sir like no
0: (laughs) I I low-key thought that was weird like the every time I read it like
1: I was just like it is it is It is. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that in the context of, you know... The story. Yeah, in the context of the story and knowing that she feels the way that she does, Mm -hmm. you know, about him, I think that that contextualizes it, but the shit is still just weird. (laughs) Like, it (laughs) is. it just is. You're right. (laughs) Okay, so... You didn't ask my question. <laughs> I did not answer your question. Um. Okay. So I think I think that yes, you know, yes. Um. Without any caveats, I I believe that at his core, Tyrell is a good guy. I think that Tyrell is as flawed as any. You know, I think he's as flawed as any man, as any human is. But I, at at his core, I do think that he is a good guy. I I think that he was incredibly human and that was, that's something that has always stood out to me, you know, about EJD's work. Um, I don't know that I could write a Tyrell, (laughs) you know, in 2021 and I don't, and I don't mean in terms of my capability. Um, I mean, in terms of reader reception, yeah, like I don't I don't I don't know that I could. I think that there are people who could, you know, and 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 it would just and it would be perfectly fine for them. I don't think that I could. I think that my catalog um is too full of uh <laughs> is too full of unequivocally good guys, you know, for me to write someone with just that that edge of ambiguity that Tyrell has.
0: Okay, okay, I'll feel you um but like kind of uh falling along that same path uh you mentioned a couple times now you know just the the realness and humanity that he Mm -hmm. in characters um which is something that like i (laughs) it's so strange to say you know um i kind of find that more like attractive as like Mm -hmm. a, a, a fictional whatever um when i don't
1: right people (laughs) are like that you know I I would not agree with that at all but this is is but it's your it's your opinion so (laughs) it's not for me to agree or disagree with
0: (laughs) (laughs) well what I mean is that like I don't my characters typically don't deal in a ton of mess
1: okay um, okay as I found you know here.
0: yeah yeah as much as like shelby and tyrell went through or whatever but the 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 thing that really like makes that book stick with me and i think that book and also cheaters um mm-hmm. is that they are just like it feels like it's not fiction it feels like somebody yes. sat down and told their life stories like yes. the you know the the situations that unfold the things that they go through like even like the decision-making processes and all of that stuff it does not feel like it was constructed um out of thin air it really feels like things that people went through and then he just like okay i'm gonna sit down and write these down um which is like the, the the biggest hallmark of just how talented he was um and god it feels so weird to say he was
1: yeah. Um, yeah, that's that struck me a bit when you said it like
0: like after i said it I, like my chest started hurting.
1: <laughs> Cuz it's still really um, fresh. Yeah, it's
0: fresh and that's, that's 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 a tender spot for me. Um oh. Okay. Uh back to the book. Um But yeah, i i i I I go back and forth about whether or not um Shelby, <laughs> 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 almost said something really terrible, um, and I just had to walk that back. Um, I go back and forth with how I feel about her um, uh-huh. at this stage in my life. Um, like I said, at at one point there was a, a time where I definitely could identify with and um, low key root for, um, but like rereading that, like now I'm just like this what what are we doing and and but I also like I don't not feel that way about Tyrell as well you right. know what I mean like it's I'm not just you know I'm not hopping on the
1: yeah you're not picking but, on her
0: yeah like let's you know we hate the heroin train like that's not it at all
1: um can we but if there was any heroines who hate um <laughs> I mean, sis gave us so many, so many, so many reasons.
0: reasons. And I, I, we're skipping around The So this discussion is very um, all over the place, but I really want to talk about that whole situation with Richard. Is
1: that his name? Look, look, yes, Richard (sighs) Vaughn. Look. (laughs) So... (laughs) I have a
0: really, okay, so th- I have a really big problem um, with, like, two things when it comes to people in relationships, and this really, like, I shouldn't be talking about other people relationships, but whatever. One is, if you are not happy, why are you still staying if you have, yes, like, you know what I mean? Like, baby, like, uh, Jehovah gave us free will so we could do whatever we want, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yes. like, I, I don't understand that. I mean, whatever. And...
1: I think that's part of what's so frustrating about Shelby because she has all of these like all of the things that make you not hate her. Like she's very strong-willed. She's very she'll she'll speak up for herself. She you know, she's a smart woman and she's funny and all of these things that that you know that that are her redeeming qualities but she won't employ any of them. It's, it's like these relationships are just happening to her and, yes. and she's not happy with them, but she's staying because we can, we can, to keep it a book, we could take it back to Bryce at the very beginning. Yes. She wasn't happy. She wasn't happy, didn't like him. And yet she's still here, Still,
0: there. but I'm sorry.
1: I interrupted. You had two not things no, no. about just, relationships. Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so yeah so that's the first thing like why are you there um and then like the second thing is sort of tied to the why are you there like why are you putting this other person through all of this shit like i don't yeah. agree with how richard responded um yeah to everything because that nigga was crazy
1: it completely <laughs> listen <laughs> like sorry,
0: that's not that's not um proper like that, that nigga was outside g- his mind um but,
1: <laughs> I'm glad but, that that's the part of that that you corrected by yeah, the way yeah yeah
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah. I did, yeah, yeah. you know I didn't you know people feel a way about the c-word so um but he was completely outside of his mind um and the way that everything unfolded between the two of them with him basically stalking her and hell almost about to fucking rape her in public like
1: yeah, Sir. and that wasn't even, listen, that wasn't even the first time to keep it a buck. Because no, if you wasn't. remember right after, like when she was getting, before she went home or before she went back to, because of the funeral and everything, mm-hmm. when he was trying to like keep her from leaving or whatever, like that was so uncomfortable. She had yes. to ask him to stop way too many times. Yes. And honestly, that should have been the end of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That should have been the end right then. She should have cut it right there. But because she's Shelby and because she has to have somebody sniffing behind her. Girl, I just... Like
0: like I said, she just made made it so, so hard for... Yeah. I'm like, goddamn, sis, come on. I'm sorry, but um, if somebody mama don't like me, like... I'm, I'm probably I'm probably peacing out that's just yeah. me like yeah. th- th- my constitution ain't that strong to have to constantly keep battling with your mama like yeah if, <laughs> even know if I really love you that much and then your mama yeah. also don't like me and I gotta deal with her bullshit every time like I'm sorry I'm not gonna show up and you ain't gonna call me Nadia uh Noel Alicia, uh, everything but my name <laughs> and yeah. I'm to sit there and grin and bear it like that's the sign like sis no like get out bitch like that's the yeah. teacup serving like mm-mm, no ma'am yeah
1: and I It's but she's so real and I think that I think that it's so much more common than I want it to be Um, because I think that as much as she was like, this isn't the life that I want, you know, this isn't what I want to do. So I'm not doing it as much as she was, you know, a strong, independent woman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was like, she had this, 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 this need for that at the same time, even though, Like, even though it wasn't what she wanted, it was like she needed it, but for the wrong reasons, which had her staying in a situation that she didn't like and didn't want, but but you're still here, you know? And again, exactly like you said, like, it doesn't excuse anything that Richard did because like, I like the way you put it outside his mind. Um, (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Absolutely. But at the same time, it's like, girl, you absolutely played a hand in that because you could have nipped that in the bud so much earlier and not and not have had any of this going on. Like, really, (laughs) and not even just with him. All no, just just this is really just piggybacking on that. But just all those situations, like every situation she found herself in would have been so much more nipped in the bud if she had just followed who she, you know, who she presented to the world to be. To be,
0: yep, yep, 100%. Here's what I I, I don't remember, um, and so I'm gonna ask you if you remember. Do you remember what her family structure was like? I actually don't. Because, I like, Tyrell's was so robust that I can't forget it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how his parents were. Um, but, I honestly, I don't remember what her, her like, her family structure was.
1: I think Tyrell is the only one who we got that for.
0: Okay. And, like, I wonder if, like, some of that kind of attributed to who she was, right? Because we mm-hmm. know that, like, essentially, Tyrell was a fuckboy because that's what he grew up seeing. Like, he grew yep. up seeing his dad run around on his mom. Um, and the mom essentially just take it until like the dad leave? I don't remember how that
1: happened. The kids, uh once the kids went off to college, they finally broke up.
0: Okay, they finally broke up. Cause but then um
1: Or they were already broken up and they finally just split apart. Right? Yeah. And
0: then the like the dad's was it like the dad's friend came in and was like pushing up on the mom and like that's the stepdad now or whatever. Um and Tyrell felt way about that. But his dad yeah like his his dad told him what was it the four F's find uh, them
1: or am like I, that.
0: or am I confusing two characters I might be I confusing think, two characters
1: I think I it feel was like cheese or something
0: oh it was I'm confusing two characters you're absolutely right um but nevertheless uh I just found that, that like we got this whole like deeper. Thing with Tyrell and kind of saw the thread of you know who he was as a man, like directly connected back to the things that he saw in his life. But I don't remember that exact same thing happening for Shelby. Um, yeah, which I would, you know, I would be curious to know. You know what, what was the
1: like the reasoning? That.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. You know what I had not remembered that we don't we don't get a point of view for Leonard.
0: No, not at all.
1: Who was we- arguably the good guy. Maybe that's why. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, so can we talk about Deborah and Leonard? Because I love them so, Look, so much.
1: Talk about freaking dreamy.
0: Like, okay, so Leonard was, for anyone who's listened to this, who has not um, read the book, which, girl, go get your life. Um, but Leonard was like, a comedian on the rise when we first meet him in the beginning of the mm-hmm. so like he's doing stand-up he's you know made a name for himself and uh hollywood has come calling and he's about to like transition into film so i don't even know like who to like compare yeah like who to say like his real life counterpart would be but nevertheless so um but him and deborah like me it's like love at first sight essentially um,
1: and it look talk about a freaking meat cute like <laughs> uh,
0: I just I love them I love them so much and 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 part of me hates that they were relegated to the B story but I also understand why, yeah. why? obviously yeah, not
1: messy yeah. enough
0: <laughs> yeah not messy enough but like I like I love that that was like juxtaposed against like Tyrell and Shelby right because mm-hmm. you know all of these people are in the same circle and so. Um, you know, Shelby is watching her friend's relationship progress and she's seeing, you know, they're making milestones and, you know, this man is giving her friend the world and she wants that, but she doesn't know how to communicate that properly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so she behaves so badly, thinking that like acting out is going to get her way for some reason. Um, but I love that Deborah's like, sis, like, what the. It's wrong with you <laughs> essentially yeah. like I'm editorializing obviously um but it's so important that you have friends that are gonna like check you mm-hmm. you know what I mean um and not like yes men along the way and so like I really enjoyed that aspect of like Shelby and Deborah's relationship because Deborah was unafraid to be like you are wrong and this is why and you need to yeah. get your life together and every time Shelby was like I know I'm wrong but I'm still not going to get my life together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what though? That is something that I admire so much about Eric Jerome Dickey's work. And I really like that's something that, like, if if nothing else, I would have loved to talk to him about. Like how like how do you pin down such an authentic like that authenticity of the friendship, like that's literally how we talk to each other. Well, Mm -hmm. I I can't speak for all black women. I know that we are not a monolith, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but that's how I be talking to my friends. And that's how my friends be talking to me, (laughs) you know, like it just feels so, so authentic, you know, but he's a man and it's like, Sometimes when you read men writing women, like even if they're good at it, like, you know, sometimes it's just a terrible, (laughs) sometimes it's just terrible, but I feel like you can kind of feel the the respect that he had for black women. And it's not even a thing of, you know, him presenting us as, well, we're queens who can do no wrong. No, we can absolutely be wrong. And I feel like that's even more respectful, (laughs) you know, just to portray that wholeness and just, like I said, the wholeness, the authenticity of it.
0: It's such honest writing. Yeah. because yeah. I feel like and especially when it comes to romance um, the, the trend is to write the best version of the people all of the time right mm-hmm.
2: because,
0: because the lie that we are told is that you only find love when you are at your best self mm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: that isn't always true into um, your best self in love right so like, I think that sort of writing those flawed characters and making people not always look the best. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it's just a way more honest writing. Um, and that's not to say that you know you have to make people 100% trash and then work through that to the end to you know build them into whatever. Um, but I also think that it's it's super important to show people um, in a light that may not always be favorable. Um, mm-hmm. however it's honest and it's you know forthright and I I, I would prefer honesty over um, idealization right
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that goes for constructing both heroines and heroes um, I, you know that, that honesty that authenticity like those sort of things are the I don't like to read about people who always know the right things to say mm-hmm um and I because like, that's no so, uh,
1: no I'm sorry I was, yeah, yeah. I'm i just agreeing with you <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, just, it's it's so far outside the box you know what I mean like, mm-hmm. it, it and for me personally as a reader right because like I said earlier in the show the entire world revolves around me um <laughs> I believe that the best works um have a bit of fantasy, right? Just a sprinkle, mm-hmm. you know. If this were Salt Bay, it would be like him putting the sprinkle of the meat. I mean the salt on the meat at the end. But um I just it's something about like a flawed person being able to live in their non perfectness because I couldn't think of a better word. Um, <laughs> But then also, like, not being necessarily condemned for it Mm -hmm. by the people around them, but also not being coddled into not being responsible for the actions that they take or Mm -hmm. the words that they say. Like, I think that you have to, like, strike a balance between, you know, somebody being utterly real or human um, with like them also being compelling, if that makes sense,
1: yeah, it does. And it just it makes me think about kind of this 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 trend, I guess that I see a lot. um, I was gonna say this might get me in trouble, but who gonna check me, boo? Uh, <laughs> um, this thing that I kind of like when people talk about romance, right? it's, there's this tendency to talk about romance in a way that makes it seem as though every book has to work for everybody. And so it's like, we have to make sure that it's, that it's free of this and free of that, and that it's pro this and pro that, and that it checks off all of these boxes and checks off none of these boxes. And I'm, 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 I'm hesitating <laughs> because I don't want to sound as if I'm someone who is like, well, what about, you know, everything is so PC these days. And like, that's not, that's not where I am with it. But on the same note, it's like, we're getting to this place where everyone expects the characters and everything to be so sanitized into this very specific type of person with this very specific set of ideals or very specific set of beliefs. And it's just not realistic. And it's so monotonous. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I hear people complain about, well, the characters in this book did this. Well, I mean, characters are modeled after people and people in the real world they do these things that are that are problematic and fall into the isms and fall into you, know, they're they're misogynistic and they are upholding the patriarchy and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because that's that's real and that's realistic and Again, I'm. It's 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 not like I'm saying. Well, it's fine for a character to be, you know, homophobic, and it's fine for them. Like, I'm not saying that at all. But I do think we run the risk of of everybody looking the same, like of everything reading the same, of everything being the same. If there's no room for these characters in these books to be. Messy and to be problematic, and I mean, there's there's definitely an argument to be made that they shouldn't be problematic without that being checked. You know what I mean? Because it comes around to, like you said, these real friendships where there has to be room for you know for your friend to check you, for your friend to be able to say, hey, wait, you know, that's not really right because that exists in real life. But if 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 there's no room for the conversation to happen in the first place i feel like that's missed and i wonder how much of it is influenced by by this desire for everything to have mainstream appeal and it's like to have mainstream appeal again we're going back to check all of these boxes and none of these boxes but then all that gets fed into the mainstream are these things that look exactly the same and there's never a challenge of what is mainstream why is it mainstream and i don't know Uh, can you hear me now yes okay
0: i airpods did like die um but I didn't think that that would
1: affect, like, whatever.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Te- technology hates me. Um,
1: <laughs> so, so I have no idea, like, <laughs> where we stopped off. I was just running my mouth and you were interrupting. So <laughs> I was just talking.
0: <laughs> no, I let you talk because I was letting you get the point out. But then I I was starting to say, um, basically, that, um, you know, all, all of these are getting BBLs, right? so Mm -hmm. it's like how all of the girls have all of the same shape now but that shape is not actually how human bodies look Mm -hmm. you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like that that's a wild like um (laughs) that's a wild uh comparison or what the fuck like simile or whatever (laughs) it works (laughs) though um but but it works right because like now everybody is expecting bodies of work to look a certain way or to include certain things or to address certain themes but you lose sort of like the individuality of it all if Mm -hmm. everything is starting to fit into these certain boxes or you're not, you know you're checking off oh i gotta make sure that i include this i include that i gotta make sure that i don't say this now don't say that um and it's not you know saying like you said, oh, everything must be PC, blah, 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 like that's not it at all. Um, It's just sort of like checking what your real purpose is with your work, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I can't put words in EJD's mouth to say what his purpose was with his work. Um, But like if I had to, I would say that it was probably to show, you know, the Black American experience in its totality and it's good and it's bad moments. Um, And to really like explore the interpersonal relationships um, between men and women on romantic and platonic levels, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And if we're, if, if that's like, if that's the goal, if that's what we're doing, if that's the whole reason why we're writing this thing, um, then I think that like it you do yourself a disservice to sort of conform to whatever the conventions of the modern times are um instead of like maintaining that authenticity and staying true to you know what you're trying to convey um, and I, I I think that's why like when it comes to romance, I'm very picky in what I consume um. Mm-hmm in that uh, I don't read a lot of uh, trad um, mm-hmm. I d- can probably count on um, one hand the number of traditionally published authors uh, that I read with regularity. Um, that's part one. And then part two is that, well, I mean, you already know. I don't, like When it comes to every other genre outside of romance, I don't care who wrote it, I'll read it. Um, But when it comes to romance in specific, uh, if it's not written by somebody Black, I don't don't really (laughs) got the time for it. Um, And if the characters aren't Black, and I mean both of the characters, I don't really got time for it. Um, And call it prejudice, if you will. I don't care, bitch. I'll be a bigot on that one. Um, (laughs) because. That's what I like and that's what speaks to me most. And so in doing that, you know, one would say, oh, well, it can get boring, right? Like you don't want to branch out yada, yada. And no, I don't, right? Because I'm happy here. Um, Mm -hmm. And those parameters are so broad that it does not stop the variety or the quote unquote diversity In the types of stories that I'm able to read, right? Because I can read a book from you, Mm -hmm. and I can read a book from Kinsia, and I can read a book from who else? I don't know. Um, Pick somebody at random, like Rosie or D Rose, right? Mm -hmm. I can read a book from, you know, three or four of y'all, and it has everything that I need, right? Written by a Black person, stars only Black people. Those stories are vastly different. Mm-hmm. Vastly different. So like, I forgot where I was going with this because um, that's <laughs> what happens. Like, in my brain, I start talking and then, like, I meander off the path or whatever. Points are um, still
1: made either way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, man, I just, I I, 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 I back to EJD, right? Because that's, like, the whole point of this, Um, and the the point of, like, this whole exercise, I guess, um, was sort of, like, to remind me of why I love what I do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I never lost track of the fact that, you know, I feel supremely blessed that, like, I legit am living dreams that I had no idea existed, like, in the past or whatever. Don't discount that at all. However, like I said, a long time ago when we started recording this, I was in a rut. And mm-hmm. and so coming back to like these stories and, you know, these authors and really discussing like what they had going on is like, oh, light bulb moment. Like, yes, this is why like we're talking about heavily with EJD's work in specific about like that authentic, uh, authenticity I know how to say words um, <laughs> and that's something that like I always want to be like a thread in my work and I always want um people to recognize and like for that to be like a hallmark of what I do um so like yeah man
1: I don't know I, once again a friend <laughs> <laughs> no I completely I completely agree with you like I see oftentimes um you know we're we're on social media etc 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 and we see like there's this whole thing about you know about black art right and who gets to represent that in the mainstream and I, I believe that um, in order to see that mainstream slash traditionally published success, um, there's a very specific way that your work needs to look, and it's like on one hand, um, good for those women, you know, who who are able to get those deals. And you know, see their live out their dreams, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But on the other hand, I'm concerned that I'm I'm concerned twofold because on one hand, it's like if this is the only way that black romance is being represented, um, like my work doesn't look like that, and so you have people who 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 read that work and then maybe approach my work or our work, you know, indie, indie work, and it doesn't look like that. And it's marked as, oh, well, this is wrong. This isn't as good as what I was reading over here. But is it really that it's not as good as that? Or is it that it doesn't fit your, it doesn't fit this ideal that you've created. It doesn't fit, you know, we don't have yes, the white man's the paperwork, <laughs> you know, and like there, there's the frustration from that standpoint, right? But then the other frustration is the people who, who have been reading, you know, Eric Jerome Dickey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when they're looking for black work the that those things are what is put in front of them and they're like you know well this isn't really what i was looking for you know this doesn't feel authentic to me this doesn't feel you know this feels very sanitized this isn't what i'm looking for and so they paint black romance with that brush and so they step away and they feel like there's nothing there's nothing for me here because what was presented to them doesn't do anything for them, you know. Um, so I worry about that. Just gonna continue speaking my truth. And my truth (laughs) is that I worry, you know, I worry about it. You know, I worry for, you know, the readers who they stop there because that's what's presented to them, you know, and not, and it's not even just about, well, she doesn't tie a scarf on at night. It's not about, well, those books aren't Black enough. It's really not about that. It's about the fact that our work has to be sanitized to get to even, you know, to even be put on mainstream. Like, I'm not making that up. Nobody's going to gaslight me into thinking that I am like, and I don't know why we can't just call a thing a thing, you know, I'm I'm like, again, I'm not knocking those women, you know, maybe, maybe that's what they love. Maybe that's what they want their work to look like, you know, but, and again, that's fine because maybe that's what they love. So I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying that it is frustrating that for one, we can't just call a thing a thing. Um, And for two, that. Again, that's what's put forth as, you know, the best that we can do, the best that we can offer, and people read it, and it doesn't give you that same feeling. It doesn't give you that same authenticity. It doesn't give you, well, it doesn't give some of us, (laughs) I should say, that same authenticity. It doesn't feel right. It feels like, you know, (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but it, it just, it, it it just doesn't have that same uh, seasoning is how I've <laughs> <as> <laughs> how I referred to it in the past. It just does not have it. And it's not saying that it's bad. It's just different. And it's frustrating that, that that's what we're limited to. When I think about, you know, the way that Eric Jerome Dickey, like, Baby, those pots were seasoned. <laughs> Yo, and like those pots are seasoned. But where like, is the next one? That that's like what really
0: like kind of blows me, right? So when you think about like the boon of, you know, um, I'm gonna say like it was it was like the, you know, the black fiction science, you mm-hmm. know, in in like the Ooh, late 80s to late 90s right like mm-hmm. that's when we had your ejds um you know terry mcmillan bb moore campbell um uh uh mary b morrison um uh tina McElroy, ansa like all of those people right so like and i'm i'm not like i'm not naming romance authors on purpose um but in in that era right i feel like the writing was so it was less um uh um muted mm-hmm. right i felt like they got to write you know these these authentic experiences um sort of unchecked right and i'm sure you know i don't know the backstory so i don't know you know if they had to you know fight tooth and nail with editors to you know include certain things or you know slang language forever but like not to tell nobody's business because it's not mine to tell but you know i've just had conversations with people who are traditionally published about you know things that they've had to go back and forth with editors about because the person who was editing the work didn't understand references or word choices or Mm -hmm different cultural things that may pop up or whatever and like you know you were saying like that there are so many like rules and like sort of restrictions um for a lot of these publishers when it comes to like romance like I'm just thinking in specific um like Harlequin Mm -hmm. uh like before you know Kamani went you know RIP or whatever like they legit had like rules that had you know or do I say yeah no or
1: like it was rules like no like spending certain, the night certain, no exes etc 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 yeah these
0: inclusions that that make the story you know like <laughs> these inclusions that make the story less believable um and in some ways less palatable um mm-hmm. in my opinion um because everybody doesn't come from you know those are kind of people type families like maybe like I didn't grow up going to galas and shit like my parents Mm -hmm. worked for the United States Postal Service like we were a blue-collar household um Mm -hmm. you know like my parents didn't go to college so like stuff like that is like I can't really you know relate to someone who's come up in this family where you know there's been that dates back to the 1800s and Y'all do boulets and galas mm-hmm. and all this shit. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. Not to say that there's anything wrong with those sorts of families, but I just think that if we want to authentically represent, you know, all walks of life, um, it should not have to be in some sort of like perfectly packaged um, thing that publishing does a disservice when they sort of put these parameters up and i don't mm-hmm. know for others you know um i don't know if they face the same sorts of um girl. inhibitions but i just feel like it's real interesting when it comes to black art like the way that it's policed um which is because then white folks be messy as fuck girl and so i'm a, i'm a, i'm on a redirect this train back to <laughs> before I go off on a tangent because I had a whole rent in my soul and my heart and my spirit. Um but like I just really enjoyed the fact that you know a thread in his work was that we did not always have to be perfect and we didn't always have to come from the best of circumstances. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to be this sort of prototype of you know a beacon of prosperity or you know um chastity in some cases uh in order to be worthy of being loved um and to be loved like you know for lack of a better phrase and this I hate this fucking phrase but whatever but you know <laughs> black women being loved out loud um, yeah you know like in 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 and in his words and in his categorizations and even in writing us in our full faultness there was still a sort of veneration um that you felt you know a reverence that you felt um from him when he wrote these characters like i'm just thinking about like outside of like friends and lovers like yeah uh sister sister is that the one with um enda and 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 oh uh what's her name And the sister whose name I can't remember
1: but like yeah, I can't pull it to mind either I'm sorry
0: yeah man but like it, like stories like that and like Shantae from Cheaters like I just really felt like he wrote he wrote to us in a way that um that just you know like I said even in the brokenness it still felt good and it felt real and it felt whole and um it just really felt good and so I, like, can't nobody say nothing bad to me about uh, Mr. Eric Jerome Dickey because, baby, I will pull out my switchblade and <laughs> we will have a conversation. Like, yeah, man, like, I, I I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what else. <laughs>
1: yeah, but no, that's the thing because, like like, he could write characters who were... You know a type of character, right? You know Shelby is, you know, strong, independent woman. You know, she's she's in some ways. I don't want to say a stereotype because that's not an archetype is what I mean, not a stereotype, but an archetype. Um. But without it feeling flat, and I think that so often. Um, I think that so often and this is not just in books either but like I notice it sometimes in movies more often on tv it's like you have a character like you know the vapid little sister or you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and there's no depth there at the same time and there's no like there's no depth there's no development um and it's fr- it's it's frustrating you know and it's like you understand why because for for a lot of us um for a lot of America <laughs> uh the care they're they're the message has to be overt, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there can't be any real nuance. Like there can't be, you know, they, we can't go too deep into, into the depth of it all because then people wouldn't understand it. They would have questions. And when people still have questions, they feel like, like they feel like the creator's job hasn't been done. If all the questions aren't answered and everything isn't wrapped up mm. neatly and perfectly. And that's, I think about that just in terms of thinking about, you know, Deborah, thinking about Tyrell, thinking about Shelby. It's like, okay, Deborah is the friend with her stuff together, right? Like she's the one who she gets the fairy tale romance and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not just that. We mm-hmm. get to see the depths of who she is as a friend and as a wife and not just as a friend, not just as a friend to Shelby, but as a friend to Tyrell well, as well. Also. Yep. Yeah, we get to see, you know, the love she has for, you know, the family that we do get to see from her, you know, it just just all of these things wrapped up together. And it's like, again, you have you have that high level, you have that top level of who the person is, like that quick that first impression. But he never leaned into just that first impression. Like he never got lazy with it. Never let that be the end of it, we always got to go deeper. And that's something that even when I'm writing like a short story, or even when, you know, it's just the, it's quote unquote, just the novella, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If I could pick anything that I feel like I learned from EJD, and even in rereading this, even I feel like I can see ways that it's going to inform what I'm, you know, what I'm actively working on now. He never rested on the shallow stuff. There was always room to dig deeper, always room to more fully realize your characters, always room to fully humanize them, always room to have them firmly rooted in reality in a way that kind of like you mentioned at the top, it doesn't feel like you're just reading a work of fiction you're in you're enmeshed in these characters lives because they're not just characters they're people they're real and yeah like that's that's why I like and again this is not to this is not to knock traditional publishing or anything like that but when I think about the works that really imprinted on me it goes back to him yeah. and like and 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 that's why like i like i definitely get you know the appeal of you know a quick romance read where there's not all of that stuff where it is you know um for lack of a better word because i don't mean this in a negative way at all but where it is just kind of the shallow stuff like i just want to yeah. feel good i don't want to think about you know who was damaged by their childhood and how <laughs> they grew up and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And actually, when I mentioned that, we did we did get some of that from Shelby because remember she was so upset about him uh, having that woman on his mattress, on on her mattress, because that was the first time she had had her own bed. Yeah,
0: oh, yes. <laughs> I completely forgot about that, but so,
1: yes. So it does give us that she had kind of that fractured, you know, that fractured childhood at home. And sometimes you don't feel like all of that. You know, (laughs) sometimes you don't feel like all of that. And so, again, this is not me knocking work that doesn't contain that. But I just think that I guess it really just depends on what you want to see and what you want to, you know, and what you want to put into the world, you know, because sometimes I do. All I want to do is just keep it simple, keep it surface, you know. Sometimes that's just it. But when I think about what I want, you know, when I think about what I want my legacy to look like, what I want people to say about my work after I'm gone, you know, the same things that I'm saying about him is what I want to be able to be said about my work. And I'm not, you know, I'm not sure that I'm there yet. I feel like it's something that I'm still striving toward, but it's, it's at my forefront when I'm, when I'm working, when I'm writing, like, it's always that question of, you know, have I made them real?
0: Yo, Okay. So in, in listening to you talk right now, I was, you know, just struck, um, hence me not saying anything, but I, <laughs> I, another, another thing, um, that, that sort of like makes his work just that much more like great is that he, he, Includes all of these things, but the inclusion seems organic
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it like it isn't in a way where it's like heavy handed or um, what do they call it? Uh, like info dumping or mm-hmm. and I, like I'm not there, like that. That's that's where I'm trying to get to, right? <laughs> like, because I feel like whenever I'm writing, I always know all of these random little things about my characters and I want everyone to know that too Um, but there never seems to be like I don't know I I feel like (laughs) (laughs) um, in the current reading climate people don't want to read about that stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um because it's always like marked as like filler or it's too wordy Mm -hmm. or things of that nature when it's like oh this is pertinent information to help you understand why this person is the person that they are in their current state as well as informs the decision and all of that stuff um and i i I don't know man like that's something that i like still struggle with to this day um and probably will forever struggle with uh like striking that right balance of um of like just how much of the characters like life before the moment that we're in um Mm -hmm. to include in 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 the current narrative and i'm just thinking like about the story that I'm not writing right now (laughs) 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 but like like there is like there's something that my hero had gone through
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: that is like kind of pertinent to the story's progression Um, but I don't know how to like introduce it or whatever um so yeah like that like, like that thing like I, I i wish he had written a book on like how to write a book <laughs> <laughs> that would have been like, helpful like thinking about like you know like stephen king has on writing like you know tony morrison has written countless essays about like just like writing in general or whatever um but i i even if it was just like a blog post you know what i mean like I and, mm-hmm. You're going to be mad at me for saying this, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's why I, like, I like the series of, like, YouTube videos that you're doing
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, with the let's write a book thing. Um, because it's, like, not only, like, insight to your process, but it's also, like, little nuggets and gems just for, like, being, like, a conscientious writer and, like, a good writer. Um and I wish that 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 more people would do that. I'm a process junkie. Um, <laughs> like I I love like listening to people talk about the ways that they do things, particularly people yeah. who I feel that are experts in doing the things that they do. And so I wish that there was more of that like type content, um, available for people that I think do the things that they do exceptionally well, just so I can be like, okay, girl, like, how do you do this? And (laughs) I can't do it the same way, but like, if you tell me how you do it, I can probably like figure it out in my own process. Um, Right.
1: But yeah. No, I can agree with that. Just in terms of wishing that we had more. And um, this did not really sink in for me until... Like until later, how it's such a, it's such a regret for me that I never reached out to him. Mm. Like a heavy, heavy regret that I never would have, like if, if that option was still on the table, um, I would never do it. Obviously, <laughs> like I never did it because it's like, <laughs> who is this weirdo in my inbox <laughs> talking about? It's like that's how I would think that you know that he would respond to it. Like this is weird. Like why you know, like girl, who are you? Why are you? <laughs> why are you here? But it's like, I just I, I wish that. I wish that I had given him those flowers, you know, even if he never responded to it, even if I did get written off as like a crazy person, (laughs) you know, it would have just like, like that's just an open, uh, it's it's just like a hole (laughs) for me. Um, that I, that I, that I never reached out and said, you know, this is what this, this is what your body of work, you know, has, has meant to me because even before becoming a writer, you know, um, I like this is where I felt seen, even though I like, girl, I grew up in rural Arkansas. What do I know about LA? (laughs) Like Nothing, (laughs) nothing is what Um, city life, (laughs) any of that, nothing. Um, So it wasn't even that I could relate on that level, but just But it expanded my horizons and opened my eyes and imprinted on me even at that early age and then coming back to it as a writer. And I just think about, you know, what it would have meant to me if he if if he if 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 there was like a video, you know, he had a YouTube channel and he was talking to us about why Leonard never got a point of view. You know why he never got point of view chapters there, and why you know we see so much of Tyrell's background, and Tyrell gets kind of that kind of that closure, you know, because he he reconnects with his father, etc., 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 like that closure that he gets. Like just thinking through, it's almost like getting to sit at their feet, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. like there was there 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 isn't that moment. It's like what we have is the work and it's like, by no means, you know, do I think that he owed us anything more, but on some, in some ways it's like, just the work isn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell me how to do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I know the work is there for me to, you know, for me to absorb and be entertained by and enjoy and all of that. But it's like, I, just, I hope that he knows or hope that he knew the ways that we would have wanted that, you know what I mean? The ways, yeah. like, even if he was like, yeah, I know they want it and I don't want to do it. Okay, cool. I can accept that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he'll <don't> feel <laughs> like it. Okay, cool. But I I hope he knows that there's like this whole generation of us that That just ate it up, you know, and not just as readers, but as people who wanted to follow in those footsteps, people who want their work or want their body of work to be revered like his is. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I think that I think that on some level he did know that only because like I never met him in real life, Um, but all of the stories from people that i have seen online that have had like real life interactions with him Mm -hmm. um like i i think it was real z who was telling the story that he he'd come to her island um when she was like 16 or something and she had told him you know oh i want to be a writer and yada 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 and you know your work is so influential and yada 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 he's like whoa 16 like you're young but he's like yo i'd like like that firing you like keep that like going or whatever and like I've seen other stories like that as well. Um, and I feel like on uh, Better in the movie, like I feel like he told us a story about a young like reader or like aspiring writer like coming to him and you know, just saying how uh influential his work was. Um and so I I I would like to hope that he did feel um, you know, like he had many sons because uh we are all of them. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, it and it was so funny. Like, when we did that better than the movie interview, like, I I went back and... We talked to him for a good chunk of time. And I mm-hmm. went back and forth the entire time. Am I going to say something? Am I to say something? Am I to say something? <laughs> because <laughs> I am not... Like, I'm not shy. um, But I also, like, sometimes try to, like, shrink the level of inappropriateness uh, that I exude. But that was one time where I was like, girl, professionalism is out the window. Like you have one of your writing heroes just on the other side of this Zoom connection. Like if if there's no other time for you to show out, like this is the time. Um, And I, I did like, I don't even remember how we got him, like for that interview um Mm -hmm. but i remember like me and tamika both being like holy shit right (laughs) (laughs) and, and he wasn't like the first like you know published author that we had had on the show um but like it was just like bro like these like this is you know where we cut our teeth like this dude is that guy so um yeah, man, just like just being able to like tell him he was the blueprint was just like I'm so glad that I was able to have that moment. Um yeah. and it also kind of taught me to not be afraid to 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 do that more often. Um because you know, this profession is such a solitary profession. Um and so um, particularly if you are a person like me who is not emotionally stable enough to be able to handle reviews, uh, <laughs> it's I, I think that you know going to people and directly telling them, hey, I read this thing that you wrote and I thought it was amazing, uh, goes a long way. Um, and just letting people know that the work that they're you know putting into whatever they're doing is not for naught um and i think that far too often like we try to play shit too cool um yeah cuz you know oh you know you meet this celebrity or whatever it's like oh whatever he puts on his pants one leg at a time like me but like nah bro cuz if i ever meet like janet or beyonce i'm <laughs> not, like i'm not playing that shit cool like yeah, I, or- like I'm not
1: gonna... I'm standing the fuck down.
0: Listen, like, I'm not gonna, like, be, you know, put on a watch list by Julius or whatever, or a Joey, but, like, and watch... That's a real stand shit, because I know the names of their bodies. You know the know names. <laughs> but, like, also, like, I just feel that it is, it, is, it is of the utmost importance of when we have access to people who have impacted our lives in positive ways um, that we let them know that um, because I it, we don't you don't always know that right like yeah, yeah. you know you're you're in this silo <laughs> creating um, and you're hoping that what you create resonates and you're hoping that you know it impacts in the way that you intended um, but until someone comes and tells you you don't know
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of, I think that that is kind of why I feel so, I don't want to, bereft sounds so dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's valid
0: though, right? Yeah.
1: And because it's like, I think about, I think about how it feels for me you know when sometimes i'm like you know i'm just doing this and it's it, it it's 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 not really giving what it was supposed to give <laughs> <But, laughs> you know um and it's because it's like it's like you lean so heavily into not needing the outside validation mm-hmm. because you don't want to rely on that right you don't mm-hmm. want it to impact your art but i think about the way it feels when i do have people who will who will say to me and i'm not i'm not talking about you know readers enjoying the work i'm talking about you know authors you know who came behind me who were just you know just i'm just keeping it a book who were inspired or you know what i mean i think about the way it feels when people tell me that versus the people who I see who are clearly inspired, but never saying, but never say anything about it. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I feel like I'm owed that, you know, by any means, I'm just, you know, just personally, like I notice it, Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I like, we're, we're keeping it real here, you know, <laughs> but I notice it and it doesn't feel good. And that I think that's part of why I feel like, man, I really, really wish I had just sent that email. You know, I really I've because I look, I drafted it in my head so many times. (laughs) I drafted it in my head so many times, but never did anything about it, you know. And I think about again, just what just what it means to me when I do have authors who reach out and say, you know. And it's not even about kissing ass, you know, it's just yeah. about naming a thing like, hey, you know, your work inspired me to write my own. I love that. Like, yes, tell me more, you know, did you watch, like I if, you, if you've got questions, I made some videos, you know, make sure you watch the videos. You know, if you have questions, let me know what questions you have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's almost like, did I rob him of a moment Mm. and I know that sound like I know that that could really sound really bad (laughs) like it could really be taken away that I don't mean it but like do you like do you get what I'm no what I'm saying like do you get what I mean I get
0: get exactly what you mean um which is why I'm such like a proponent of people speaking out like who cares if it makes you look uncool in the I think yeah. that we get into our heads about how others are going to receive a message before we even give ourselves a chance to give them that message. Mm-hmm. And 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 being on the 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 you know the end of the one putting out the message, you never know just what or how that message may impact the person that you're sending it to. Mm-hmm. Um and and I, and I mean that in like just like you said, it's not about like kissing ass or you know trying to. I'm gonna say a thing, and it's gonna sound kind of harsh.
1: No, I <laughs> Don't mean walk
0: with me here, right? Yeah. Um, I think that people try to um leverage relationships with people mm-hmm.
2: in order
0: to receive something. Hmm uh sometimes and that that kind of thing you can always see through it Mm -hmm. um but to simply reach out to someone to let them know hey you know you've done this thing and blazed these trails and they've impacted me in this way and I just wanted you to know that um Mm -hmm. I think that's no harm no foul and I think that like I said, people try to play it cool too much when it's just like, bro, like, even if you don't tell me that I'm your mom, like, I can still see it. And so, <laughs> what, what? And that's not me saying I'm nobody's mom because I'm just a fake part time mom to Cam. But, it, like, um, you know, that, that, I don't know, man. Like, I just think people need to, 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 to let go of that whole, I, I don't get any influence from anyone but me cuz that's just a fallacy. Yeah, um, and yeah. and it does it does it does the 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 community no good. Um and then also this is not exactly a direct thread of what we're talking about or whatever, but I I think that in order for A community to grow prosper and foster new talent that the elders of said community should always in some way be in conversation with the youth and Mm -hmm. when I say that I don't mean like directly I don't mean that um you know like a great example of this is you know um authors who host uh, classes to do things, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think about, like, the Sister sister Girl book club, how they did the academy thing. Yeah, And they had, you know, authors come in and teach different things or whatever. Like, when I say that, like, established people should be in conversation with newbies, I mean stuff like that, right? So, if you don't have the, the bandwidth to, you know, be a quote-unquote mentor to someone, um, you know, even if you curate content that you share about your own work or your processes or your writing um as simple as you know a photo on instagram with a caption that you know speaks to people who are coming behind you right mm-hmm. um because i think that like we send without like i don't know man like i i feel like i'm not properly articulating right
1: now. Um, no, I get you. I get you. And it's crazy because I was actually I was just <laughs> I filmed a video this morning um where I was talking about kind of who I want to be, like my stretch goals et cetera et cetera. And one of the things that I wrote down is still open on my desk right now. I want to be a successful creator and a resource for my community. Um, and I had written down mentor at first, and then I erased that <laughs> because <laughs> that's not exactly, you know, that that because that's just not exactly it. Um, And I think that it's because I don't feel like I, I don't know how much I'm in a place myself, you know, in terms yep. of experience and everything to 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 do that. You know, I just don't think that I'm there. And I have a thing with with people presenting or with people elevating themselves to places that they, and it's, it's, it's not even about being humble. It's about being realistic. You know, I want to elevate myself to a place that I've not earned, you know, and that's why I erased mentor and put down resource because I'm not there yet. You know, I have not arrived, but I've gained something on the way up there that I can give and Mm -hmm. I can give it, you know, I can give it without any, without any expectation of what's going to come back to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm giving it because I don't feel like I had it. And like, that's the thing that, again, it kind of goes back to, you know, wishing like, like, I understand that 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 these things were not old, but I would have loved, like you mentioned, uh, Stephen King has his book, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, I would have loved to have something like that. Like, these are my thoughts on the process, or this is what my process is, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because I feel so often i feel like i'm just kind of traveling in the dark because mm. i feel like i don't it's like i have the work you know i i have the work i have the books but i don't have the map yeah yeah <laughs> i don't have the map like to navigate the career portion of it and i know how 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 lonely and, uh, lost I feel sometimes. Yeah, And then I don't want like as much as I can, I want to eliminate that for people who started after me, you know? And so I try to like, I really try to do what I can, but it's like, <laughs> I'm going to just keep it a buck. It's like you have people who absorb that and then monetize it for their own gain. Yes. And on, on, on one hand, it's like, okay, you learn from me. Great. But it's like, okay, yes, the elders have a responsibility I feel, you know, I feel a responsibility based on what I didn't have. I have a responsibility to teach what I can. And I have a responsibility to, you know, to tell what I know. Um, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be for free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. like I, if if the book was written, I would have bought it. If the classes were paid classes, I would have paid for the classes. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, but I also think that the youth have to have the work ethic. And I think that the reason, you know, I can give this away for free to the consumer and then someone else packages it and sells it because it's packaged more neatly than I gave it. It's put in a prettier package and it's sold as more straightforward. That's what gets flocked to Mm-hmm. But here I am, you know, trying to be a resource, trying to, you know, trying to just give it. But because there's this desire to get it, to get it quick, get it fast, get it, you know, with the least possible effort, that's why that is the is the thing that's able to thrive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, like, again, you know, I think that that responsibility has to go both ways and there has to be an understanding that this thing is not, that this thing is not quick. This thing is not for the lazy. This thing is not for, you know, well, I'm just going to dip my toes in a little bit. Like if you want it to be a hobby, that's fine. You know, it's a hobby. But if you want to be in this, there's no, there's no quick way about it. Yeah. Ain't no cheat code. Yeah, and I think that uh, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think I think that where you're going with it is that um, when it's starting to embark on the idea of wanting to write, you have to make you have to make decisions before you even put hands to keyboard, pens to paper. Right? You right. have to decide how much of a commitment you really want to put forth and you have to decide what your like true motivations are. Mm-hmm. Um, because those things in concert will then speak to how you maneuver forward. Um, because if this is just something that you're trying or this is something that you decided to do because a lot of people told you that you would be good at it, um, probably not going to be something that sticks
1: yeah
0: uh i think that you have to sort of like make the choice um like i don't know how to describe it um other than because okay this is we've meandered far beyond um, (laughs) the, the initial conversation but there's this thing that happens um in writer circles where um, the work is built up to be sort of this impossibility. Mm -hmm. um, Where, you know, like writing is the biggest chore um, and it is not easy work by any means. Mm -hmm. But also if it makes you miserable, like maybe that's a sign. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, uh, online writer culture, uh, and I've said this other places before, um, it sort of breeds that, uh, misery loves company sort of thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it really sort of, it makes things harder than they have to be. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that, you know, um, from the outside looking in, it can look like simple and fun and easy and breezy, um, but you really have to sort of drill down to, you know, your motivations and and whether or not you're truly built for this in order to have lasting and or impactful success, um, which comes back to your point of people having to be willing to do the work in order to sustain the the position um yeah. and you know having someone write all of the steps down for you and you just follow those to a t um it's cool it's fun you might be able to you know skate by on that for a minute um but there there'll come a point in life where your work needs to elevate um mm-hmm and that don't work no more right
2: mm-hmm.
0: like you you can't you can't coast by on your good looks no more um and so that's when you have to dig deeper and you have to you know get in the trenches and ain't nobody that can send that to you like there's yeah. certain you get to a certain point in your career where even if they're you know they're always gonna be people who are beyond your benchmark but um your journey's sort of uh they they become not the same um that was so inarticulate
1: but <laughs> like i I, I think of, the point like, was made <laughs> like
0: like not to juxtapose us because whatever but like where you were coming up on year five in your career is not where I am coming up on year five in my career you know what I mean because mm-hmm. like that was already like you were full steam ahead full-time like you were in it right Mm -hmm. so like with me coming up on five years published I'm really only one you know what I mean Mm
1: -mm. because like I
0: because (laughs) because this wasn't because this wasn't my like entire focus
1: Um, Okay. Okay. I follow you now.
0: Yeah. Sorry. I, I meant to say that and then my brain skipped it. Um, and so the journeys aren't, you know, the same, even though the amount of time is the same, even though the, the general structure of what is being done is the same, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, those journeys aren't identical. And so I think that, um, you know, if you're steadily trying to rest on, you know, I'm gonna just follow what this person did because they had success and that's what I want. Um, you ain't gonna get there
1: because yeah.
0: <laughs> it's it, because. it's not a, it's not a a one size fit all sort of deal.
1: Yeah, and it's like I can, it's like okay, I can, it's like teach a man to fish versus giving him fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And it's like, but even even with the quote unquote teaching, it's like I can I can tell you what my process is. I can tell you this. I can tell you that. But even in that. It's not going to look the same. Like it's not a thing of replication. It's a thing of of looking at of looking at whatever and taking what you can from it, and and then applying that. And it's not necessary. It it, it may not be applied in the same way. It may not look the same. You're gonna take it and you're gonna freak it into what works for you, right? You're gonna. You're gonna turn it into something that fits your personality as a writer and your your work ethic as a writer and your schedule and et cetera et cetera et cetera. You're gonna turn it into into again into what works for you. And I think that that is just like I think that's how you build. You know, I think yeah. that that's how you build versus versus buying like a package (laughs) yeah, yeah. or, you know what I mean? And, and that's not, and that's not knocking people, you know, who sell packages like at all, because there is, you know, because there, there's a market for it. And honestly, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, you know, maybe, maybe that works for some people. I just know that for me, there wasn't anybody to hand it to me. Yeah. (laughs) There wasn't anybody to hand it to me. And so I had to like I had to get it out the mud, you know, as much as as much as that saying can apply here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I had I like I had to figure it out. You know, I had to get on the internet and read and I had to do things. I had to do it and I had to learn from it and not be scared to do it, not be scared to learn from it in order to in order to learn it, in order yeah. to figure it out. And so, you know, there is this uh, <laughs> Magda Stallion lyric is like, I ain't got a cap. Everything I talk, man, I really did that. Like and that's, you know that's where I am with it. Like, I'm not just making this stuff up. I'm not just pulling it out of my butt. Like I did this stuff and I just like, I, I go back to, you know, when I do it, it's because I want to give the same feeling that I have. I want to give that feeling to other people. Yeah. Like I want other people to be able to have that feeling whether that's when i'm talking about my process or i'm trying to give the information that i know about publishing or when people are reading my work like i want you to feel like these are real people you know i want you to feel like you are not alone um in 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 that in that frustration and in those moments where you're not really sure what to do all of that, like I don't want anybody to feel alone. And when I was first introduced to Jerome Dickey, you said I was eight, but I was more like twelve. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> um, that 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 was that feeling, you know. Like I said, I was you know twelve year old girl in a very white city in rural Arkansas. And when I read his words, I did not feel as alone. You know, I felt like there was more out there. I felt like there was something bigger. Like, again, like my horizons, it it just expanded (laughs) based on that. And I'm just grateful. And I hope that I can, you know, in whatever way, I hope that I can offer that.
0: That was beautiful.
1: <laughs>
0: I think that's a perfect place to end this very long conversation that we've had. <laughs> Honestly, you already know this. I could talk to you for hours. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, man, like I, the, and and this conversation has been uh, restorative for me. Um, Same. So, yeah, I mean, wow, look at you. Why is it shit? <laughs> Wow, my friends, so brilliant! I cannot.
1: All right, I'm about to hang up. Okay. I say as if we're on the phone.
0: Don't do, (laughs) don't do that. Okay. Then we just talk about me being able to give people their flowers freely. Like, don't play. (laughs) But no, um, yeah, man, I don't know how to really wrap things up. I'm not really good at endings, beginnings. Um, You'll know that if you read any of my books. So. I'm joking. Um, self-deprecating humor is my fave. Um, but yeah, I—I uh, I mean, there's really more to be said um, than all the things that we've said in this hour-plus conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like I said, this is this conversation was actually really restorative, um, and it's sort of it—it's—it's it's doing what I hoped it would do, right? Um, At the beginning of this, uh, I said that, you know, my whole reason and purpose behind um, doing these episodes of the podcast were sort of for me to ground myself again and, you know, um, to really live up to this Sankofa tattoo that is on my right wrist (laughs) so I can look back to the things that, you know, uh, shaped me in the past to move forward. Um, And you know, just really like thinking about EJD's work and the impact that he had on us both and listening to your stories um, about the impact he's had on you and, you know, obviously knowing my own history. um, It's sort of like re-energized me in a way um, Mm -hmm. to really like reframe what I'm doing here. Um, Because I always say that, you know, um, all I do is cry and write people fucking. Um, But it's like, it's more than that, uh, obviously. Um, And it's really like getting back to the roots of, hey, the reason why I want to do this, the reason why this is my now chosen profession is because I want to leave my mark on this world in some way that is impactful. Um yeah how do I do that right how how am I impactful okay well you know i'm creating these stories and these worlds and these people great um do i feel like they are the representation of every single black american in the history of the universe no however they are accurate depictions of people who could be walking alongside you and me um you know in the streets this very day and so like keeping in mind that you know EJD was my blueprint for that, right? Like, he was the one who wrote these stories and sort of imprinted on my mind, like, outside of, like, real-life influences, like, okay, these are the things that happen in relationships, romantic and platonic, between people. These are the ways in which people fuck up. These are the ways in which people, you know, flourish. These are the ways in which people are, quote-unquote, good. These are the ways in which people are, quote-unquote, bad. But you know, there's, there are no absolutes, um, yeah, and, and it's okay for people to fall on their faces every now and again, and it's okay for people not to get the things that they want, um, immediately in the works, um, yeah, man, and so, like, just thinking about all that stuff and really, like, letting that drive how I create, um, and even, like, the, 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 the frequency,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I guess, because uh, uh, I don't have it pulled up right now, but he was, like, he was doing what we do now, um, like, you know, the writing process, like, with releases or whatever. Mm-hmm. They were coming out in different years, but I'm sure that he was writing, like, back to back to back. Yeah. back you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and so I just... Like, I, I think about, like, all of that stuff, like, at the same time and sort of, like, modifying it to fit my life and my world and all of that stuff. So, I'm rambling again. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I say I was wrapping this up? Um, thank you, friend, Christina, for coming onto uh my semi-annual podcast. It's
1: uh, not semi-annual. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and discussing uh you know the works of our fave ejd amongst many other gems that you dropped uh over the course of this conversation uh like i said this is just a really restorative conversation um i enjoyed it we always have fun whenever we talk to each other though so that's uh you know pretty much expected um i do hope that anyone who is listening to this has also um Been invigorated in some sort of way, or you know, you've thought about things in ways that you have not thought about them previously. Um, And yeah, that's all I got.
1: Thank you for having me.